want to, uh, I'm going to get through it as quick as I possibly can. It's what God will let me. Uh, we got a baptizing that we want to uh, perform. Hallelujah. And hallelujah. Amen. We, who knows? We might, we might have somebody else decide to join the club on that. Hallelujah. Amen. That'll be all right, too. Hallelujah. So we're going to get into the Word of God right now, and I ask that you will pray for me as we attempt to minister God's Word. Amen. Today, we're going to read uh, for our Scripture reference and text today a couple of verses found in the book of Acts, chapter 16. We're going to read the ninth and 10th verses, the 16th chapter of Acts. Acts chapter 16, verse 9 and 10, this is what it reads. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him, saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. Now, after he had seen the vision, immediately we, we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. Let me read it one more time. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. In this vision, he saw a man of Macedonia pleading with them, saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. After he had seen the vision, immediately we, caught, we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. Let's pray. Lord, as we come to you today, we thank you and we praise you, God, for this service. For everyone that's come today, we ask right now, God, for the next few minutes, God, as we gather around your table to feast from your word, I'm asking, God, that you will speak to us today. Give us what you'd have us to have. In Jesus' name, we ask and pray Let the church say, Amen. Amen. You can be seated. I want to speak on a subject titled today, Catching a Vision for the Lost. Catching a vision for the lost. I desire to speak from my heart uh, today. I want to speak to everyone here who is blood-bought and spirit-filled. I want to talk to those who never have been active in soul-winning and reaching out to others for Christ. I want to speak to those who will one day stand before the judgment seat of Christ and have the blood of the lost souls of the people who lived in this generation on their hands because they never managed to catch the vision of a world headed for destruction. Our mission and goal for this year, we've already stated, and we and you've seen it visualized on the screen several times, and you've seen it on the website, reaching, uh, reaching up and reaching out. Church, it's time that we catch a vision. Not just any vision. We all got visions of various things. I got some high schoolers that I'm carrying to school this year. They are seniors, and they got a vision of graduation night. They've waited a long time for it, and they can't wait now. I mean, they they got a vision for that. Some people have got visions of one thing and visions for another. 
But I'm talking today about having a vision for the lost people of this world. As the Apostle Paul was on his missionary, one of his missionary trips, as he was sleep resting one night, in the middle of the night he had a, a vision. And in this vision he saw a man, a man from the country of Macedonia. It was a place where the gospel had never been published. There was no church of any kind there, except for heathen temples. And in this vision, this man was calling out to the Apostle Paul to come help us. Oh, I think sometimes, hallelujah, how that we need to... Amen. Turn out our ears to everything that's going on. And it's for just a little bit that we can hear the cry of the lost. There's a lot of people in the city of Nashville that's crying out for help. Crying out for assistance. But too many people are turning the deaf ear to them. And the reason why that is, they don't yet have a vision. Look to your neighbor and say, it's time to get a vision. Not a vision for anything, but a vision for the lost people that are dying. I don't know how you feel about it today, but when I stand before the judgment seat of Christ, i got enough I'll have to answer for Samuel Pruitt without having to go up there and try to hide my hands. Amen. And the Lord said, why are you getting your hands behind your back? Amen, preacher. Because I said, Lord, I don't want you to see the blood of the people that I could have witnessed to. Blood of the people. I could have made a difference in my life, but I didn't get a vision. I don't know. I was too busy looking for my job. Too busy looking. Amen. For my family. Too busy looking. Amen. For my next paycheck. Too busy looking for that big buck in the Woods, too busy looking for that bass in the fields, in the stream somewhere. Hallelujah. God says there's going to be many with the blood of people on their hands. I told you before this new year come in that I was going to get behind this with all I've got. And our main effort is going to be reaching out. Hallelujah. Outreach. We're not going to let up. This is not a job for the pastor. It's not a job for the Sunday school teacher. It's not a job for a deacon. It's not a job for a musician. But it's a job for each and every one in the church, from the least to the greatest. Amen. Nobody's exempt. We all have been called to be a light to this lost world. Hallelujah. Whether or not God has called you to preach or not, or teach or not, you have been called, amen, to reach out. Amen, to help others. To take some time to listen to the cry of the lost. I want you to notice something about the Apostle Paul. Paul had been a lot of places, but he had never been to Macedonia before. But after he got the vision, the Bible says uh, they hummed and hauled about it and says, well, one of these days we'll get over. Is that what it said? 
Uh-uh. No. After he got a vision, the word was immediately, immediately, they sought, they began to make plans to go to Macedonia because Paul heard the cry of a man in a vision saying, Come help us. Listen close. Listen close. There's people crying all over this community, crying everywhere. Hallelujah for help. we got to get a vision. Until you get a vision, you won't never do nothing. Paul didn't go to Macedonia until he got the vision of the man for help. We've got to have a vision. we got to understand that the foremost purpose of the church is not to have chili suppers and pie sales. Hallelujah. The, the, the primary purpose of the church is not for us to come together, amen, and, 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 and just have a good old time like we have, we've been having around here this morning. Hallelujah. All these things are just secondary things, amen, that is, that's of secondary importance. There is nothing of no more importance than a soul. Nothing no more important than a soul. If we can't get that, then we need just to close up shop and go home. If we can't function with that as our first and foremost on our mind, hallelujah. I'm going to say this right now. Hallelujah. As God placed me as a pastor over this flock, hallelujah. I don't want nobody functioning and doing anything in this church that don't, that, that every time that they close their eyes can't see a lost soul. Every time they sit down at the supper table, amen, instead of seeing a piece of chicken, they see a lost soul. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We don't need a Sunday school teacher here. You can't have a vision of a lost soul. We don't need a musician player that ain't got a vision of a lost soul. We don't need a deacon. Here, they ain't got a vision of a lost soul. Lord, God, we don't need nobody here doing anything that ain't got a vision burning in their heart to reach out to the lost. Hallelujah! That's the top qualification. <clears throat> Hallelujah! If I ain't got that vision, you don't need a pastor without that vision. Because it don't matter how good everything else is, sooner or later, if we're not winning souls, we're going to die. There was a lady in the Old Testament by the name of Rachel. The Bible said Rachel was barren and couldn't have no children. And this was bothering her so bad because we don't understand it. And in the culture back in that day... A woman who couldn't have a child was considered cursed of God. And she cried out to her husband, Give me children, else I die. That's got to be the cry of the church. Do you understand and realize that the church is always just one generation, amen, from having Christianity wiped off the face of this mountain? The reason why Christianity has went 2,000 years is because in every generation, hallelujah, there's been a faithful few, amen, that's had a vision, amen, for the lost, amen, to reach out, hallelujah, amen, to give up everything, amen, to reach just one. 
the church will die without that vision. Hallelujah. There's a couple things I want to talk with you about. Number one, someone is depending on your vision. Do you understand that? I hope you do. But somebody, somewhere, is depending on your vision so they can be saved. They're dependent on your vision so they won't be lost. They're dependent on your vision, what you have seen, what you've got a hold of. I want to give you briefly a story that I read in an article one time several years ago. I don't remember the whole article, but I just, I'm going to share with you the parts of it I do. And, and this someone is dependent on your vision. I read this article one time where late at night on a dark, lonely road, Fog covering the ground, hardly could see. This road that spanned out into the darkness of the night, with no street lights on it. This road went across a spanned a, a, a good side long bridge. It spanned a, a river, and into the middle of this dark, long night. A barge going down that river hit one of the supports that held the bridge up. And a whole section of that bridge and road collapsed some 200 feet into the cold, icy water below. There was one man, only one man, around who saw what happened. He seen it when the when the barge hit the bridge. He seen the, the part and the whole section of the of the bridge going off into the river. Immediately he thought about the cars traveling on that dark road. And he runs out to the place and stands in the middle of the road to begin to try to flag the drivers down until some help could come and to, uh, the police could get there or something. But he tried, he, he immediately thought that unless he did something, people may die. This one man got up there doing everything he could, amen, to flag down the cars that was speeding into the dark destruction that they didn't know and realize that was ahead. Those people headed on that road didn't know it, but they was depending upon what he saw because nobody else was there to see it but him. Those innocent people with babies in the car seat strapped in. Innocent folks going down the road. Their lives depended on one man's vision. Oh, can you hear what this?
you today. And so he did everything he could do to try, amen, to flag them down. Amen. Amen. And so that they could see him and stop their vehicles in time before they barreled off into the depths below. Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 and 16. Put that up if you will. Jesus says, You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all that are in the house. Verse 16, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When Jesus was walking on this earth, the Bible said He was the light of the world. When He was here, He was the light of the world. But when He said, when I go away, ye are going to be the light of the world. You're the ones, amen, that the rest of this world is dependent on. You don't understand it, but you've got family members right now that the only thing standing between them and a lake afar is your vision. Hallelujah. you got co-workers. you got neighbors. you got people you come in contact with every day. And you could be the only one. They don't realize it, but they're dependent upon your vision. We need to get so minded. We need to be able to let everything that happens to us become some kind of issue and a, and a reason that we can be a witness to somebody. I was in town yesterday running all kind of errands, and I was first one place and then, then to the other, wound up over here so to get the, uh, the the pool filled up and the uh, and, and get it ready to go and I was running here and there and um, of course we're you know in, in the middle of our uh, in the middle of our fast and uh, I, I I left the house uh, and um, uh, um, you know when I left the house early I, I didn't I didn't eat anything and I I, I just uh, drank uh, some uh, uh, vegetable juice but. I I went ahead and took my medicine, uh, my, my diabetic medicine, and uh, if um, you know, if I know I'm going for sure going to be going all day long and not not eating anything, if I'm on a on a full fast for that day, I don't take that diabetic medicine because if I do and don't eat nothing, sugar is going to go to the basement and I'm going to be out. But uh, I left. And I just I just drunk. I had just drunk a little. Uh, uh, tomato juice and uh, vegetable juice, rather. And about one thirty in the afternoon, quarter two, something like that. I was in, in the Madison area, and uh, I, I could feel, like I can tell. I, I go through that enough, and I know when it's coming. Brother Kenneth back here knows what I'm talking about. I said, "Man, what I'm going to do?" I says, "Ain't too many places that you can stop and eat anything." Which on on, on our uh, the consecration that we're on, and. Uh, and I looked up ahead, and there was Shoney's there in Madison Square. And I said, 
I said, I think I can go in there and at least get a salad or maybe uh, uh, something off, off, off the bar there where I can uh, eat, just eat some vegetables. And so I pulled in there, and I sat and, uh, and uh, sat down, and I went, and I, I got um, uh, what I wanted to eat, and uh, I was sitting there eating. And uh, in, a, in a few minutes, uh, a waitress come by, and she says, uh, she says, oh, she says, I, I thought you knew. Uh, or I did. She, I said, what's that? She says, uh, she says, this is Saturday. I said, yeah. She said, well, she says, uh, uh, a free steak comes uh, with that with that meal you bought today. I said, really? She said, yes. Yeah. This is seafood, and and I, I, I already seen all that seafood. It was piled all kind of seafood, man. Chris, man, had shrimp and. Uh, I mean, man, that stuff was cooked golden brown, and um, and all this. Well, I bypassed all that, but she says, "Yeah," she says, "She says on on Saturdays when we have says said steak is on the house says because some people don't like seafood, so said you get a free steak." And I says, "Okay, uh, but no, thank you. I don't I don't care for one." And uh, she says, "You don't you don't want one?" I says, "No." And uh, so she went on. But then while I was thinking, there was just something hitting my spirit. It says, you turned down a good opportunity to witness to your waitress. And, uh, and it actually got to bother me because that was an open door. See, a lot of times we go through our daily ordeal, Sister Brenda, and we don't look for open doors for witnessing. Hallelujah. And so after a while... She came. Uh, uh, she come back uh, to uh, to bring my check and uh, see if I wanted to refill on that water I was drinking. And uh, uh, and it, it, it just came home. I says, I just want to let you know that you tempted me a while ago. She gave me this fun look. What do you mean tempted you? <laughs> and um, I said, uh, I said our church. I said our church is on is on a fast. I said we do this the first of every January. It's a consecration type thing, and I told her told her a little bit about it. I said, and basically, I said, just basically, you know, we don't we don't eat no meats, no bread, no dairy products, you know, stuff like that. And uh, I said, and then here you had to come and offer me this preacher a free steak. I said, I want to tell you, when you told me I could get me a free steak, I said, I immediately I started looking around and said, I wonder who's watching. When I said that, she almost hit the floor. She just died. And, I, man, it just began to roll from that. I mean, I was able to witness to her. Amen. I used that situation the way I brought it across. Amen. I got her attention. Hallelujah. We need to pray for God to help us to catch every opportunity that we have to be a witness. Because there are people out there that's dependent upon our vision. And it's a shame if we don't have one. Hallelujah. Those people on that road, that bridge had gone out, that guy was doing everything he could to try to weigh people down. And I, he's trying to be a light to warn. And, and, and guess what? Not everyone will believe or accept your vision. Amen. When you start deciding that you're going to be a, be the vision and be the life of somebody, not everybody's going to appreciate it. Not everybody's going to accept it. But if you can save just one, 
if you can save some. I'm going to tell you the story that I was reading about what happened. The man standing at that bridge didn't stop every car that came by. And you can kind of understand, I mean, you're out driving down, amen, a dark road with no street lights or nothing else, and you got this guy standing out there doing all this, uh, and, uh, you know, I mean, you don't, uh, and the day and age we're going to, you don't, you don't know what that guy's up to, and a lot of people no doubt thought, maybe had thoughts like that, and some people, while he was standing there, sped by him, and, and, and didn't pay no attention to him, and in the next couple seconds he heard, Screeching tars. And in a few minutes after the screeching tars, he heard a splash. And people screaming. Not everybody is going to accept your vision. Not everybody is going to listen to what you've got to say. But Brother Joseph, if you can get a hold of one, if you can stop one car from going off in the river... If you could, if you could, hey, that one car might have, amen, a sweet baby strapped in the seats. Because I'm going to tell you something, there are going to be some sweet babies grow up and be lost because their mom and daddy wouldn't live right. There are going to be some precious babies, amen, that's going to grow up with no knowledge of Christ whatsoever, amen, and no, nobody ever, mom and daddy, amen, was too busy out running the bars, amen, and doing the nightclub thing instead of going to God's house, hallelujah, and so now the only thing they know is the streets and the drag life, amen, and all these other things, simply because mom and daddy wasn't doing what they're supposed to do. Hallelujah. Not everybody is going to accept your vision. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verses 3 and 4. I've got to hurry on. Second Corinthians 4, 3 and 4. But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not excuse me, believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. Just like that man that I read that article in that magazine that time. He didn't stop every car. But by the time the police came, there were four or five cars stopped along the side of the road whose lives were saved by his vision. By his vision. The second final thing that I want to talk about is our vision should encompass the whole world. Our vision should encompass the whole world. I'm going to tell you something, folks. This day and age we're living, it's time to get our prejudice behind us. Hallelujah. It's time to forget about what kind of language they talk. Hello? It's time to forget about, amen, things, amen, that don't, that don't matter to a hill of beans, as my daddy used to say. You see, many times we are too caught up in me and mine. We are so caught up in me and mine. Of course, we all want our family saved. I understand that. We want our family saved, but what about everybody else? Hallelujah. Actually, to God, I've seen people who have gotten, who have come to church, come to God. They get up and they start requesting prayer requests for their lost family members. 
And I've seen these people, after they get their personal prayers answered and their, all their families come in, then they sit down and forget about somebody else's families and loved ones. Hallelujah. I pray for my own son, but I need also to pray for other people's sons. Amen? It's not just about me and mine, folks. Amen. God does a work in our life. Great. Hallelujah. But then He does it so then we can use what He has given us and branch out and reach other people. Our vision should encompass the whole world. Church, we can't stop as long there's one sinner somewhere in the most remote part of the world who needs to come to the Lord and make it home. Hallelujah. I don't know how you feel about it, but I believe if there wasn't but one person need saving, my Lord would still have died at Calvary and shed His blood for that one person. Hallelujah. Amen. Luke chapter 24, verses 45 and 47 are the last scriptures I'm going to read. And He opened their understanding. This is after His crucifixion and this is after His resurrection. This was before that he ascended up into heaven. And he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the Scriptures. Then he said to them, Thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. Hallelujah. It's not just me and my foe no more. Our vision has got to encompass everybody. Everybody that God allows you to come in contact with is an opportunity for you to make a difference in, in their life. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I believe that this church has got enough of the anointing of God in it and the Spirit of God that if we can get the lost here, that there's enough spirit here that it convict them. But we got to get them here first. We got to get them to here. I mean, hey, this is this is why we we we're reaching out. I mean, uh, the, the website ministry. Uh, I mean, reaching out. I mean, I'm getting uh, I'm, I'm getting emails. I mean, we we are. We are, we are reaching out. We're, we're going beyond the four walls. Hallelujah. Our vision has got to encompass the whole world. I want Brother Darrell to come get ready to sing a chorus. And while, while he's coming, i got one final word to say. The majority of this message has been to the church to people who've been blood-washed and blood-bought. I don't know everybody's heart. Everybody in here may already be saved. You may know the Lord. You may have repented, given your life to God, had your sins forgiven on your way to heaven. And I praise God. It would be fantastic. But there might be somebody here who haven't given their life to God who haven't repented of their sins and prayed the prayer 
of repentance, saying, God, I confess my sins. I know I've messed up. My life's a mess. I want, I'll put my life in your hands that, that you can put it together again. And if there's anybody at all here in that situation, let me say your vision is really only one thing right now, and that should be an altar prayer somewhere where you make a commitment to Jesus Christ, where you admit to Him that you messed up. So many times I hear so many people say, God can't forgive me. I've done too bad. I've done too much. I want you to know the blood of Jesus Christ is powerful enough to wash away the deepest sin of stain. Hallelujah. And I say this a lot, and I'll say it to you here today. Anybody might not be saved. Jesus today is standing here. You might not be of a sin, but he's here through the Spirit. And I, and, and, and I, can, hear him, I can hear him whispering right now. And this is what he's whispering. I don't care about your past. I'm concerned for your future. It don't matter about your past. Your future is what matters. Because your future only has two destinations. One's with Him, and one's in outer darkness. Hallelujah. Amen. Think about it today. The altars are open. I'd like everybody to stand as Brother Darrell sings. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Jesus, use me, oh Lord, don't refuse me, surely there's a work that I can do. 